0: Welcome back to another episode of Love It There, Kelsey. What's new in
1: your life? Uh, I wish I had something more exciting to say. Um, you're you have a new little background setup, new podcast studio going on.
0: Yes, I do. If you're watching on video, I am in Kelsey's childhood bedroom, not mine, <laughs> because mine's not clean. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> yeah. So I'm in Kelsey's room using our home microphone which is not quite as nice which is why i have to hold it but it's okay (laughs) i think it gets the job done so we're good she
1: also has to talk if people watching are like why is she holding it sideways like that it's because for some reason the top is not catching her sound so we experimented and that's how she has to hold it okay
0: yeah i think it's like a little broken but for some reason on the side it works so i don't really know (laughs)
1: It's fine, but we're both recovering. We had a long weekend. We celebrated our extended family Christmas, which was so fun. I got so fun any sleep on Saturday night because us and the cousins, like we put the grandparents to bed, and then we go back and (laughs) and the parents. (laughs) Well, mom and dad were hanging for a while. Yeah, mom didn't want to leave. Dad had to drag mom out. True. But we made, well, our cousin made these, like, if you've seen like the viral TikTok like Christmas tree cocktails where it's like a sprig of rosemary frozen into an ice cube and then you fill it with like I think it was like gin and prosecco. Club soda. Oh, prosecco. Gin and prosecco? Is that yeah. what it was? Okay. And then there was like they put like the edible glitter in there. So it was like this little snow globe cocktail. Oh, it was so good. Those. We went all out. They turned out so good yeah so our fun. cousin
0: Kyle shout out Kyle we know you're listening he <laughs> killed it <laughs> yeah they were so good I was gonna say though it's like so fun now that like because I'm like the youngest the very youngest of all the cousins in our family and so it's like fun now that I am like finally over 21 I was like the very last person to hit that benchmark and so now it's just like shifted the dynamic i feel like of our family gatherings because now we can just like all hang out and there's doesn't feel that like there's like that huge age gap anymore even though like obviously there still is but it's just like different right so it's it was really fun
1: it's different when the age gap is like you're eight years old versus 20 and now it's like you're 21 to mid 30s 30s. Yeah, yeah exactly so yeah Yeah. No, we had a blast. But yeah, recovering Hallie's voice might go out on us. So hopefully we can get through this (laughs) podcast episode. Kelsey, I didn't get out of
0: bed until after
1: 1230 today. (laughs) I'm so jealous. I snoozed my alarm for a straight hour because I couldn't get out of bed and just I like got ready and then I got back in bed to like say goodbye. To oh my and God. I like couldn't get out of bed. I'm like, don't make me do this. No, I was so
0: excited for my night's sleep on Sunday night because it was like three nights back to back of getting like not enough sleep at all. And then I was like, I can't wait to not have an alarm set and just see what time I wake up. And it was not until like noon.
1: Yeah. No, you deserve it. You had your finals week. You had... A lot that you were doing so you deserve this break I really don't have
0: that much but like we can pretend like I did
1: I'm gonna give you the credit (laughs) thanks I appreciate it (laughs) um okay but did you want to tell the story to our podcast listeners of the best gift that you received um when we did our little gift exchange and I'm talking about one in particular that has a great story behind it
0: (laughs) oh (laughs) I didn't know what you were talking about at first. Okay, so Kelsey Kelsey got me this necklace. Okay, that was my gift. It's like, um, oh, oh, I forgot we talked about this in the podcast. I was saying how I want like gold jewelry that doesn't tarnish. And this is what she got me. She claims she already ordered it before I even said that. So Go back I guess- and listen
1: to the podcast episode because when she said she wanted that, she said, I said, no, I already have your gift. It's in the mail. But that's not what I was talking about. That's not the gift I no, was talking about. No, I know. About. I know.
0: But that's that's what she got me. So that's why I was like confused what she was saying the story was. But at the bottom of the box, <laughs> there was another little surprise, okay? <laughs> and this surprise was the picture of this. <laughs> I don't know how to tell this in a way that people are not gonna think we're absolute weirdos. But there is a picture of this like third grade boy, and his name is <laughs> Brayden. Okay. <laughs>
1: You and should maybe start with the backstory no, no, no. and how that led I can... to this moment.
0: It's better to just like get it all out there and now I'll like backtrack and explain <laughs> why she gave me a picture of this random 10-year-old boy. So when I was in like seventh grade, when you're – like, you know when you're on, like, a middle school sports teams and you have, like, picture day and, like, everybody – you get, like, a team picture and then you get your, like, solo shot and it's, like, a big deal, whatever. So we had picture day for track and it is the day that they, like, give you the photos printed out and you, like, bring them home to your parents and do the big reveal. <laughs> so I'm doing the big reveal in our kitchen and I pull out my track photos and I'm like, oh my gosh, yay, I look so good. No, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> but then I'm like, oh, there's another page in here. And I pull it out and it's like pages of this random boy whose name was on the photos and his name is Brayden.
1: And we were <laughs> dying.
0: Because it's like it his just so random. Se-
1: it's his full set of school pictures, not his track pictures. His no, school like school pictures. He's in like a polo, like yes, <laughs> like a little blue striped polo, and his glasses, and, and it says he's his not name wearing on glasses.
0: glasses. <laughs> oh, is he not? No, he's not. He's actually wait, right. Wait, he's no. actually right there. Go okay, no, get I need
1: to look at him again. <laughs>
0: Do you want me to get it?
1: Yeah. Okay. I swore he had
0: glasses. This is Brayden. Oh yeah, no glasses. <laughs> It's just It makes picture. it funnier because it's just, like, kind of creepy.
1: It's a little <laughs> like, creepy. His smile. <laughs> okay, but you guys, help us find Brayden. We tried to, like, because we have his last name, too, I think. Or we did at one point. We do.
0: I know what it is, but we're not going to disclose it. I feel like...
1: But we is- should literally... <laughs> I want to find him. I want somebody to find him. Because this was how many years ago?
0: Yeah, this was like 10 years ago. So he's probably
1: like in college now. Okay, so backtrack how this ended up in Hallie's Christmas gift. So ever since that day that she pulled out these pictures of Brayden, we had so many, like we had the full (laughs) thing. We had like 12. sheets. Yeah, we had like sheets of his pictures. And so we just started like, putting them like hiding them in each other's stuff and so we've been like literally passing this photo or these photos of Brayden back and forth since Hallie was like in sixth grade so this is like 11 years ago almost or yeah so we need to thank him for all these funny memories that we've had of just opening (laughs) random things in his photo being there
0: (laughs) yeah like I still have the one that one day Kelsey like put it in my sun visor of like your car, you know, and one day like flip it down and his picture falls out and there was like some random girl that
1: I was driving home and then I had to like awkwardly
0: explain to her why I had a picture of some random boy in my
1: visor. Yeah, I think like for a while I like you had given it or like I found it in my college stuff like you packed it in my stuff for college or something. And yeah, like I had it like just like set up on my like desk in college. Just like waiting until I would see you next to like give it back to you somehow, and people would come and be like, "Who's this boy? Like, oh, is this, this some- your is
0: this your brother? Yeah, my, I actually no, just, have no idea who it is.
1: Just a rando. <laughs> but okay, wait, that just reminds me though of other things you used to do as a child. I don't know if you remember this, but you would literally oh boy, this could go south really. <laughs> so Hallie would just she, okay. She was a weird child. She was very odd, and and okay, you might be sitting there being like, okay,
0: all kids are weird. Like you're <laughs> you're a kid. No, okay, I like w- it was concerning the things that I did.
1: Yes. So Hallie, just to be funny or just because she was bored, would put like underwear, and it was probably clean underwear, but she would put it in my school backpack, like kind of <gasps> at the bottom, so that when I would take my books out of my backpack. From my notebooks, it would fling a pair of underwear into the classroom.
0: <laughs> I totally forgot I did that. <laughs> and that's, that's gold. I mean, come on. That's oh, smart.
1: <laughs> my gosh, but I'm literally just like this awkward little high schooler. And Hallie is just this buck tooth <laughs> third grader. It's like he he he. This will be so funny. If I put this underwear in her backpack. That is pretty funny. <laughs> so the Brayden picture and the sun visor is not even. That's yeah, nothing that compared compare. to that. Yeah. So. Anyways, okay, today's episode, we got a good one for you. This is going to be all about Boston. So, we're going to go through like the history of Boston. We're going to talk about things to do, where to eat, where to stay, what we would do differently. Well, Hallie's never been to Boston. I've been once. So, I would We're going to talk a little bit about that, like what I would do differently, get into some of our listener questions, and then stick around for the end because I do have a little travel hacking tip. Our listeners do want to know more about the travel hacking. Those were the results of our poll that we put on Instagram. So we're going to try to like feed some more travel hacking tips in here as well.
0: All right. So let's get to it. I hope you enjoy today's episode on Boston, Massachusetts. Okay, so Boston is one of the cities with a lot of history. It's one of the oldest cities in the U.S. So, Kels, why don't you give us a little history lesson of, like, the history facts that you learned while you were traveling there?
1: Okay, perfect. So, yeah, so Boston was founded in 1630 by a group of English Puritans who were looking for religious freedom. So they basically were Protestants trying to be less Catholic. And so they settled into the Boston area. And this was about 10 years after the pilgrims arrived a little bit further south in Provincetown. And so Boston was named after the city in England called Boston because that's where most of its settlers came from. And that's why Boston's nickname is New England because it was the New Boston or New England because most of these settlers came wow, from there. Oh, interesting. Yes. So Hallie mentioned that Boston is one of the oldest cities in the U.S. Even though it's not the oldest, it is home to many of the country's firsts. So like it has the first major league baseball stadium, which is Fenway Park, the first college, which is Harvard, the first public library, the Boston Public Library, the first public park, the Boston Common, first public school, which is called Boston Latin School. And then the first marathon, the Boston Marathon. So we'll talk a little bit about most of these later, but I think it's just really cool. Even though it wasn't the first city in the U.S., it was kind of the first one that really got going. um, Like the first developed city. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, yeah, speaking of the history of Boston and, and historical events, this past Saturday, December 16th, was the 250th anniversary of the Boston Tea Party. So that was perfect that we're doing this episode this week.
0: <laughs> do they do anything in Boston to like commemorate
1: that? I don't know. I actually don't know that. if they do or not? Like, do they like reenact it?
0: Have a curious. tea party for Boston Tea yeah.
1: Party? <laughs> yeah. We should I have looked know. that up. Let us know, know. if you know. <laughs>
0: right. Okay. So while you were in Boston, did you spend a lot of time doing like historical things like going to museums or... Like, how exactly did you spend most of your time when you were there?
1: So the main thing I feel like if you're doing like a tour, a lot of people talk about the Freedom Trail, which is the most well-known like tour. And you can do a guided tour or a self-guided, like a group tour or a self-guided tour. And we did the group tour. I don't really recommend doing that, though. It's basically there's a bunch of different historical sites around Boston and the group tours it's a lot of walking and you can't hear unless you're like right up next to the guide you can't even hear what the guide's saying and you have to go so slow because you're waiting for the whole group and it's like you're going really far and so it just takes a long time so I'd just say get one of the self-guided tour maps or honestly just do some googling and find some spots you want to go see and do it yourself there's a ton of like museums and things you can do too. But you can honestly just get a lot of information just kind of walking around. But you can see like this Freedom Trail has like a lot of the American Revolution sites, Paul Revere's house, Sam Adams grave. They take you to the Boston Latin School, which is the first public school. And that was kind of cool. But that was so that was in 1635. And it was the first public school for boys only girls still were attending private schools in their home. Uh, which I thought was just interesting. But yeah, I would definitely recommend doing the self-guided tour or just kind of walking around yourself and finding that information out on your own. Yeah.
0: Our parents just went to Boston and they told me they did the self-guided one and they really enjoyed it because – well, also, slow walkers is like – that's probably my number one pet peeve. Oh, same. I walk really fast. And so – I that's just like when I've done group tours in the past. That's what has always annoyed me. I'm like, okay, I'm ready to move on. Like, I'm ready to go. Like, right. I don't know.
1: So yeah, I feel like a self
0: guided tour would be good.
1: Yeah, for sure. Another place it takes you to is the Boston Common or the Public Garden and or the Boston Public Garden, which is the first public park that I mentioned. And this. So this park is huge. It's beautiful. It's not, it's not like central park big, but they've got lots of little paths and stuff where you can run or walk or whatever. There's little fountains and water and lots of green space and it's really beautiful. And so when we went to Boston, Jackson and I went last year and the first we went just for a quick weekend trip and like the whole first day we were there walking around. It was so quiet and peaceful through this garden. It was gorgeous. And then the second day we were there, there was a weed festival going on or like a marijuana festival. Amazing. So we walk through this park and it's just like over – like there's so many people there all in – like I felt like I walked into – it was like – imagine like a cartoon image where they just have like a cloud of just like green smoke around this park <laughs> and that's like what it felt like walking in here and once we were like too far in before we even realized what was going on and then we were like we gotta get out of here there's just like people everywhere just Second like hand high happening oh my it was so bad i'm like being so annoying and like and listen, no judgment at all. I just personally hate that smell. I don't like it. And so I'm like trying to like run and get out of here. Well, of course, what time of day were we walking through this park? 4.20 PM. And so they literally all these like booths that were like selling things were like, it's a 4.20 flash sale. You have exactly four hours minutes and 20 seconds to buy whatever you want blah 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 so then everybody starts like freaking out and going even crazier it's like a it's like a high crazy so they're just like yeah but like (laughs) everybody's just like i'm like Oh, how are we walking through this weed festival at 4:20 p.m.? Get me out of here! (laughs) Yes, so that was not ideal. I'm glad we got to experience the park the day before when it was in its normal state and beautiful. But yeah, that That sounds like some amazing people watching, though. Yeah, and I looked up like what the point of this weed festival is, and I guess it's called the Boston Freedom Rally. And it says, it's to educate the public in the Commonwealth about cannabis sativa's potential as an ecologically sound resource, medicine, and recreational substance, and build a consensus for a more moral and rational public policy regarding all uses of the cannabis plant. So Interesting. Yes.
0: <laughs> Seems very educational to me. It didn't seem very educational <laughs> when I was
1: walking through
0: it, but... But that was the intent, so that's all that matters.
1: (laughs) So yeah, that was funny. But a more enjoyable thing that we did is we went to a Red Sox game at Fenway. So So if you talk to – yeah, the locals would recommend that you do that. That's one big thing. They're like, you got to do it. They love their baseball in Boston. And just like everything in Boston, it's got a lot of history because it's the oldest MLB stadium that there is, so it still maintains a lot of the traditional aspects. Giving it that historic feel. Like they have a hand operated scoreboard. Oh, and, cool. Yeah. And the seats all face forward instead of like being turned to face home plate. So it's just like very traditional. You feel like you like, went back in time to when baseball is like the American sport. And have you been to Wrigley Field in uh-huh. Chicago? No, I don't think I've ever like been to a game in there. Cause that's
0: how the scoreboard is there too. It's like oh, really? Okay, yeah. Cool. I'm, well, I'm pretty sure actually. Okay, yeah. It says it is one of two manual scoreboards still operating in MLB stadiums, Wrigley Field and Fenway Park.
1: Oh, cute! That's so a fun little go. fact. Yeah, love that. The other fun thing about Fenway is it's the fourth smallest stadium in the league. So I think Wrigley's definitely bigger, right? Yeah,
0: it's pretty big. Yeah, yeah. so
1: it still has this like intimate sort of feel because it's not as like massive and huge
0: yeah that is cool okay so one of the listener questions that we actually got is is it okay for Yankees fans to visit
1: Boston okay so I truly I don't follow baseball so I didn't really know that this was like a huge rivalry but I found out about the curse of the Bambino which
0: the only reason I know I
1: was going to say, the only reason (laughs) I know the great Bambino is because of Sandlot, Babe Ruth. So this was apparently, and baseball fans, I'm sorry that I don't know this, but this was the curse of the Bambino was... So Babe Ruth played for the Red Sox until he was sold to the New York Yankees in 1920. And then from until 2004, the Red Sox never won a world series and so that was the curse of the Bambino when Babe Ruth left went to the Yankees and then the Red Sox didn't win until 2004 and that was like a huge game for them or a huge year for them because they overcame this 3-0 deficit against the Yankees in the seven game playoff series and so that was like a huge deal beating yeah the yankees that's crazy finally after the curse of the bambino so. and the fact that it
0: was against the yankees right was exactly. the year that they won like that's yeah. that's perfect yeah so maybe don't go if your yankees fan seems <laughs> well, like now it's pretty cutthroat
1: but they won so they ended their championship drought so the curse is broken so maybe it's that's fine. true I don't know. If you ask a true Bostonian, they would maybe say something different. But- yeah, we would be the last people to actually know. So. Oh yeah. Sorry, <laughs> I know nothing. But another fun thing I learned in my research is that Boston and Fenway Park specifically, they claim the origin of the wave. And apparently this is because it's like there's a group of tightly packed seats behind home plate at Fenway Park. Apparently, it was so tight that whenever somebody had to get up to like go to the bathroom or go grab another beer, the whole row had to stand up for them to get out. And then when those people stood up, the people next to them or behind them couldn't see. And so then it like, Everybody started standing up, and they claim that that's what started the wave. And Wait, that's so funny. Yeah, I will say when we were at Fenway Park at the game, they loved the wave. We did it so many <laughs> times.
0: I am such a fan of the wave. I get oh, so excited. Great.
1: Yeah, it was so funny. So that was fun. We with the new like baseball rules that there's like a pitching timer or something. It like makes baseball games go a lot quicker, which I feel like people used to complain about baseball games, just like being slow or not a lot of action. But the game was like over so quickly. Honestly, we like weren't really planning on staying for the whole game, but it was like so fast. And so it doesn't take a lot of time. It was really cool to see even like the atmosphere before we even got into Fenway Park, just the energy there around it. For a baseball game I just had never experienced I mean we grew up in Indianapolis which doesn't even have an MLB team that's so. what I was gonna say
0: I feel like that is like so foreign to us but yeah. if you've grown up somewhere like Chicago or St. Right. Louis or Cincinnati like where you've grown up around that it probably wouldn't be as cool but for us we're like wow
1: they're so into it I felt like I was walking into a football game or something, the amount of energy that was there, the people tailgating outside before and just the excitement. So it was just it's just really cool to see things that are really special to a city because like we'll talk about this in our Indianapolis episode, but that's like the Indy 500 for us, like our claim to fame. Yes, (laughs) like, you know, the whole city gets so into it. And so it was cool. I don't know. I just love that.
0: Yeah, that's awesome.
1: But okay. And then yeah, something else to do would be go see Harvard's campus. So that's across the river in Cambridge, technically not Boston. Cambridge, this like town of Cambridge was named after Cambridge University in England, where most of the settlers went to school. And then they came and settled into this area that they called Cambridge in Massachusetts. I was personally underwhelmed with just the campus itself of Harvard, by no means am I trying to knock the school at all. I Trust <laughs> me, I understand it's a very prestigious school and respect that. But I was just expecting the campus to be more like, wow, like Hogwarts-esque or just feel so regal and important. And it felt like a normal college campus. It was pretty, but I don't That's know. I was expecting a little bit more for some reason.
0: Did it feel like it was like its own college bubble or did it still feel very like urban and a part of Boston?
1: No, it felt like its own college bubble, I think. Okay, I've
0: never been. So I have like no picture of what it's like and what the setup is. But
1: and we our family loves seeing colleges, college campuses. I can't remember if we've talked about this on an episode, but pretty much whenever we go to a new town, if there's a school there, a college or a university, we like to go drive around that campus and see the different campuses because our family likes sports like college basketball and college football and stuff. And so I think when we watch the games, it it's more fun to know, oh my gosh, like, I don't know, I've just to there. know more about I know, the school. I know what the picture,
0: what like what to picture when they're playing. Yeah.
1: yeah. And just the vibe of the school and kind of get a feel for campus. And I don't know, I think I always love that. So yeah, I, I really, really wanted to see Harvard. I'm glad we went over there. Yeah.
0: So I talked about how our parents just went. They also went to see MIT because it's like right next to Harvard. And they said that it was like crazy how different the two campuses are, even though they're right next to each mm-hmm. other. Like Harvard is very, like you said, it feels like a college. It's got like the classic like old architecture, lots of student activity, lots of people walking around. And then my mom said that MIT like felt completely different, that it was like super urban, super industrial, Mm -hmm. didn't really feel like a college, just felt like the city almost. So I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, that makes sense. It doesn't surprise me. So I know another thing that the locals recommended was watching like the rowing teams and the sailing teams on the river that goes like right through Boston. So what is like the best place to go and do that?
1: Yeah, so the Charles River Esplanade is the little path that goes along the river. It's a three mile paved path, and it's anywhere along that river. There's like benches, and it's so beautiful the whole way, the whole path. You can rent like kayaks or canoes or paddle boards, and you can go out on the river yourself. Or, a, I mean, when we were there, there was tons of activity out on the water of like the rowing teams and the sailing teams from like Boston College or, you know, just like the local schools that were there. So that was really cool to watch. So we just like went on a long walk along the river and then we sat on the bench for a while and just watched that happen. And it, it was really, really cool to see them out there practicing. And it's that's a really busy area, just lots of bustling and activity and stuff like that. So there's such
0: like a big rowing culture on the East Coast. And so it's so, like, once again, foreign to us Midwest girls, but mm-hmm. it's it really is, like, pretty prestigious there and a pretty big deal. So it would be cool to see since there's so many colleges in that area and all of those colleges care a lot about, like, their rowing teams. So it's just, like... Different culture,
1: yeah. So if that's nothing that you've ever experienced before, there's a regatta, like a big Charles River regatta, that's there every every mid to late October. What's um, that called again? I think it's called the Charles River. Yeah, the the Charles Charles Regatta. No, it's
0: um. Oh, Head of the Charles. That's what it's called. Yeah. First held on October 16th. Head of the Charles. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah okay okay and that's that's like a huge big deal like my friends i have friends that like rode in high school and that was like the biggest thing that they would go to in high school and college teams go to that as well obviously but that's like if you're in the rowing community like you've heard of head of the charles for sure
1: yeah so that would be really cool to go see i don't know i mean i'm sure that event's so big that it Just be conscious of if that's not something that interests you. If you're trying to go at that time of year, it might be crazy. Prices might be upped a little bit, stuff like that. But it would be a really cool event to see. Otherwise, just to go and watch them practicing, honestly, was really cool. Yeah. And speaking of like that path, there was lots of runners and the running community is really big in Boston as well. Obviously, we mentioned the Boston Marathon, which is the oldest marathon that's still running to this day. They hold it every year in April. And it's on a Monday. It's on Patriots Day. So like the local colleges like Boston University is closed on Monday. They call it Marathon Monday. It's this huge event every year that it's one of students like favorite traditions that the school has where the all the classes are canceled for that day and people just go out and like party. But then also like the marathon runs through that campus. So the oh, cool. like marching band is out there playing and everybody like cheers on the runners and they're It's just like this, the energy is so high, which I've never been, and it would be really, really cool. That's like my, I had a bunch of friends that ran it this past year, and just hearing their stories and just knowing from other people's experiences what Boston is like on Marathon Monday and just the history of the Boston Marathon. I mean, it's so special. If you're a runner, I mean, everybody obviously knows Boston Marathon, but. I mean it would just be so cool to just go and be there and experiencing it whether you're running or not so yeah
0: that's definitely a bucket list item for me just to like not to run in it I'm no but (laughs) to see it and just like experience the atmosphere that would be plenty for me so
1: yeah and that running community I mean you know after like the 2013 marathon where there was the bombing you know the mantra is Boston strong so I feel like that just like brought the running community even tighter and the city as a whole brought everybody together. And the the marathon is a really, really important part of Boston culture. And so that's really cool and special. That's yeah, I mentioned that's in April. So keep that in mind if you're trip planning to maybe not go if (laughs) you're not trying to go for the marathon, because the whole town is it's marathon day.
0: Yeah, that's so cool, though. Okay, let's talk about food because I've heard Boston is known for its food but what kind specifically
1: are they known for so they're known for really good seafood specifically like a lobster roll yeah so we had really good lobster roll there's this place called james hook lobster it's on the water or it's like right on the bay and we had a lobster roll there they have a fun little outdoor seating area but honestly anywhere that you go and get a lobster roll there's tons of places you can go anywhere you go in boston it's going to be a good lobster roll Um, And then we went to this place called Salty Girl, which had been recommended to me by one of my friends that lived in Boston at the time for like a nice seafood restaurant. But again, there's a lot of good options for seafood in Boston. They're also home to the first Dunkin. So they love their Dunkin there. Dunkin over Starbucks for sure when you're in Boston. So the first ever Duncan was technically in Quincy, Massachusetts, which is a Boston suburb, but the Duncan headquarters is in Boston and um, it's huge there. So we did, we never get Duncan. And so we had to get our little Duncan coffee one morning. That actually makes sense
0: because I feel like Duncan is like so much bigger than Starbucks on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. And I just like never really understood why. I guess. I should have like inferred that since Starbucks opened in Washington, so right. it's more like a West Coast thing. But I personally prefer Starbucks, but Dunkin' is so much cheaper. So yeah, it wasn't bad.
1: We just needed regular coffees, so we did. We it did gets it the job done exactly. So, yeah. So other food though, the north part of Boston, um, or the North End is the Little Italy of Boston. So there's so many good Italian places there. So definitely, definitely, definitely don't miss that when you're there. Went to this place called Trattoria Il Panino. But again, any of the places, the Italian places that you go to up in the north end are great. But we had delicious pasta there. We looked for a place that specifically had homemade pasta. So if you're trying to narrow down places, maybe look for something like that. That sounds so good. It was delish. So North End for Little Italy. Another place I recommend is we went to Contessa, which is this is like I felt like this was all over Instagram and I had mixed reviews from people on it being overrated or not, but I liked it. The food was fine, but it's more for kind of the aesthetics inside. If you're an Instagram girly, that's the place (laughs) for you. It's up on one of the top floors. So the views are really nice. Just went for brunch. So and everything we had was was good. If you want to go for like drinks or something, too, and not spend money on food, then that would be an option. But that's a good place for for good views. And then there also there's Tate Bakery. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but it's T-A-T-T-E. There's several different locations, but that was recommended to me as like a good little cafe for a quick breakfast croissant, something like that. And we did get some stuff there that was really good. Okay. That sounds like there's plenty of options. Um, What about where to stay? Like what's the best neighborhood? So I don't really have thoughts on where the best neighborhoods are. We stayed in Omni Parker House, which is a hotel kind of centrally located right in downtown Boston. It's close to the Boston Public Common or that garden park that I talked about. And that we were just looking for a hotel that was not super expensive. And that ended up, I don't know if it was a good deal because it was a really nice hotel. It was actually a fun fact that we learned on our Freedom Trail tour. It was where John Wilkes Booth stayed before he shot Abraham Lincoln. He stayed at this hotel. So, that's probably why it was so cheap. It's like haunted. <laughs> yeah, our people don't want to be associated with it. Yeah, that's like that. creepy. <laughs> but it was cool. It did have like the historic old vibe feel. I mean, so much in Boston does, but yeah. So that was fun. And it was a really, really good location. And it was also apparently where Boston cream pie was invented at this hotel. So I don't know the backstory on that, but I saw that. Did in you have weekling. a Boston cream pie while you were in Boston? I did not. So I am ate- such a fan
0: of Boston cream pie, so
1: I would You'll definitely. have to go. We, yeah, trust me, that. we ate our weight in food. I'll talk about this <laughs> later. We were just there for a really short time, so we didn't have time to eat as much as we wanted, but yeah, next time.
0: Okay, we're going to move on to a couple other listener questions that we got. So one of them was asking if there were any good art exhibits or art-centered areas in the city. Like I said, I haven't been to Boston. Kelsey has, but she didn't go to any art exhibits while she was there. But I did a little bit of research and I found a lot on the Museum of Fine Arts. So I think that's like probably the biggest one in the city. It has like a lot of rotating exhibits. So if you look on the website, it'll tell you like what's going to be there when you're planning your stay. And then there's also Japanese gardens on site of the museum. so that's like so up my alley. I love like going to like at the Indianapolis Museum of Art. It's Newfields now, but like the gardens they have behind those are so pretty. And I remember that's yeah. where everybody went to like take their senior pictures. There's a lot of like mm-hmm. proposals there. We keep talking about proposals, but
1: <laughs> <laughs> we're just trying to find just good trying to help the girls out. You. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So and then I was looking on the map and there was like a lot of other museums right around this area. So maybe if you're trying to like hit a lot in one trip, go to that area. But then the other one I found was the Institute of Contemporary Art, which is cool because it's actually on the water. So I'm sure that's just like beautiful and has amazing views. Mm -hmm, Definitely. And then the next listener question was, what is the best time of year to visit? I feel like this is a question we get a lot on like a lot of the places we talk about and it's hard because I feel like it totally depends on what you're wanting to get out of your trip because Mm -hmm. if you are wanting to do a lot of things outside and if you're wanting to be on the go a lot, then obviously you might want to go in the warmer months during the summer. If you want cheapest, that's going to be like January to February when there's the least amount of people traveling there. If you like fall, my parents went there first week of October and they said the leaves were completely green. So I wouldn't go till late October. If you're looking to have a little New England fall moment, obviously the busiest is going to be in the summer months. So if you're looking to avoid crowds, avoid the summer. But I feel like that's kind of the same for everywhere. So
1: yeah. One thing I will say is since Boston has so much history with the American Revolution, independence day or the fourth of july they do it big there and so that would be really cool to experience at some point i'm sure it's insane and just so busy but that would be really cool looking for something cool to do for your fourth of july i feel like experiencing how the city of boston does independence day would be unforgettable yeah i'm i didn't even think about that but that
0: was probably so cool Okay. Is there anything that you didn't do that you wish you did if you would go back?
1: Yeah. So Boston is so walkable that we – so okay. So we went a really quick weekend trip. We went after work on a Friday and then got there Friday night, spent there all day Saturday, all day Sunday, and took a late flight out Sunday. And so we were thinking we like weren't really going to have a whole lot of time to do very much just with that quick weekend trip. But since Boston is so walkable, we could honestly walk and get to everything we needed so quickly that we ended up having more time than we expected. And so that's another reason going off of like when's the best time to go. Going when it's warm, I think in Boston is for sure the thing to do, even if you're going to be putting up with more crowds. Just because not having to worry about getting a rental car because the roads are busy and stuff like that walking is so much quicker that if you can do that when it's warm, that's the way to go. You can get to everything you need to, honestly. Fenway is a little bit further. So if you're going to a baseball game and Harvard, we had to take the public transportation But to get to both of those things, but it was super, super easy to navigate. But anyway, so we ended up with more time on our hands than we originally thought. And I really wish we would have planned ahead of time to do a day trip or like a little excursion over to Cape Cod or like Martha's Vineyard or Nantucket or one of those places because those – I know people that have been there have said how beautiful it is and our parents did. They went to Martha's Vineyard on their Boston trip and so if you're not familiar, They loved I mean, it's it. Like,
0: they thought it
1: was so cool. Like East Coast, old money, beach cottages and just – Beautiful scenery, great food, great shopping. So you can take a ferry ride over and get there depending on where you go. But that would have been really cool to do if we would have planned it ahead of time.
0: Yeah. So, like I said, my parents both went to Martha's Vineyard when they were in Boston and they said, that they did like a three-hour tour of the whole island and it's like on a bus and you get on and off and they like educate you about all the stops,
1: all the history of the island. So I think that would be really cool. So yeah, even if you're planning like a quick weekend trip, you would have time to like see a lot of the things in Boston and probably still like bop over to Cape Cod, Martha's Vineyard, Nantucket and do like quick like afternoon or like a half day there even just to at least see it and you would have time to do that I think so that'd be really fun okay we're gonna move into some travel hacking
0: since the people have spoken and that's what you want to hear more of so Kelsey what
1: would be your travel hacks for traveling to Boston okay so Boston is a Delta hub, and Detroit is also a Delta hub. But there's other cities. I think there's a bunch of different cities around the U.S. So you know if your home airport is a Delta hub, this mostly is going to apply to you, but potentially to other people too. The we didn't use this hack when we went to Boston, but you easily could. So there's a credit card called the Delta Sky Miles Platinum, and it's American Express card, and you get 50,000 welcome points as like your bonus offer when you get this credit card. And so if you spend the minimum in the first 3 months, then you get 50,000 points, which could easily pay for a flight over to Boston. I looked today and if you were trying to do like a quick weekend trip from for instance Detroit to Boston, you could get a flight for 29,000 miles. And so if you're going with someone else, you have to spend a certain amount of money those first three months to get that initial welcome bonus points and so you're gonna get points by spending money so you're gonna eventually get at least sixty thousand points and so you'd be able to buy two flights just by opening this credit card for completely free or you might have to pay a little bit of taxes and fees but um that could get you a free basically flight to boston so you can only use the delta card on delta delta flights flights. yes So that's the one thing where if you're not in a Delta hub, if you don't fly Delta a lot, this probably wouldn't be as helpful. But for those Delta hubs, this is like big. And the other good thing about this card is it also has a companion pass, which means one flight a year, you can fly with a companion and their flight is completely free. This can go anywhere in the US, excluding Alaska and Hawaii. And so that's... Is that round trip? Yeah, yeah, round trip. That's crazy. So if you didn't want to use points and you just wanted to pay cash price, then you'd only you'd basically get two flights for the price of one. Because if you were going with a partner or a friend or whatever, you just pay for your flight and then your partner gets to go for free. So that alone makes the annual fee worth it. Like if you listen to our Q and A episode, we talked about these travel credit cards a lot and how yes, they have an annual fee. You have to pay, I think this Delta Sky Miles one is $250 a year. But most flights in the US are gonna be more than $250 nowadays, especially if you're getting like a Delta one or not like flying spirit or something. Yeah. Or just save it up for when you're flying like a big trip that for sure is gonna be more than $250 and make sure you're getting your money's worth. Yeah, for
0: sure. That would be really easy to do. So
1: yeah. So we always think about. Like, do we want to keep this card because it's less flexible? You, like Hallie said, or you know, brought up, you can only use this these points on Delta flights. So we're always like, well, you know, maybe we don't want to spend the two hundred fifty dollars annual fee on a card we can only use for Delta flights. But then we're like, okay, but that companion flight, that's gonna be, we're gonna make that worthwhile every single year. You just have to take one trip with somebody else in the U.S. for a flight that's gonna be more than two hundred fifty dollars, and it's worth it. So. Yeah. It also has you get your first checked bag for free, you get priority boarding, no foreign transaction fees, like we mentioned in the Q&A episode that that's so, so helpful. So it's a good credit card. It's not my favorite credit card, but since Boston is a Delta hub, I did think that that was something worth bringing up for people who are travel into travel hacking. Very nice. Thanks for the tips. Yes. Anytime. (laughs) You know, I love to talk about this
0: no this is great I've learned so much from you like so many things that I would never have known especially about like the credit card stuff because that's all like so new to me but
1: yeah I'm so into it so I've gotten a couple questions friend of mine like sent me an email that her sister's boss had sent her if y'all are listening you all know what I'm talking about but it was like (laughs) which travel credit card should I get? And she like sent it my way and I sent back my whole long blurb of my thoughts. So please send these questions to me. I love talking about them. Perfect. Amazing. Okay. Well,
0: I think that's all we have for Boston. Um, we do want to let you guys know that we're not going to do an episode next week because it's in between Christmas and New Year's and that's just a crazy time for everyone. So we're going to give ourselves a week off, but we will be back after the new year, 2024. It's crazy. That's my graduation year, so I'm a little upset about that.
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh, you still have so long before you graduate. Don't worry. It's going to
0: fly by. I'm just preparing myself. I'm not ready for the real world
1: to hit yet, so... You're going to grad school. You won't be in the real world yet. You're, yeah, that's true. Sure. It's going to be a
0: little more real, but yeah. not fully real. So You'll be in your grad school bubble. It'll be yeah. fine. But we hope everybody has a
1: very amazing Christmas and New Year's. Go visit Boston. Loved it. It's it's a great city. As always, I hope I do it ju- did it justice in this episode.
0: All right. Well, we will see you not next Thursday, but in two Thursdays in 2024. Woo! Bye, guys. See you guys next year. See ya.